There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to The Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, I'm the founder, and my mission is to help ethical entrepreneurs and holistic healers to find their voice through spiritual coaching and podcasting. I'm honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through healing, kindness, innovation, purpose, and spirit. Understanding that to create collective change, we need to be the change. It all begins with us. Rich Lewis inspires people to discover their true selves and to impact the world through centering prayer. Centering prayer opens us to the gift of contemplative prayer. During contemplative prayer, we sit with God. We open our mind, heart and body to God, who is beyond thoughts, words and emotions. Centering prayer does not replace any other forms of prayer. It complements them. In comparison to meditation where we sit with ourselves, in centering prayer, we sit with God. Rich's latest book, Sitting with God, takes you on the journey to your true self through centering prayer. Through our conversation, it became clear we were on the same page when it came to silence and the importance of just getting started in a daily ritual of transformation. Welcome, Rich, to The Ethical Evolution. Great. No, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. So it's just fun to think it's Friday for me and Saturday for you. <laughs> I know. And you're coming to us all the way from the United States uh, near Pennsylvania. Um, so thank you uh, for joining us. Um, now, for those who don't know who you are and what you do, can you can you tell us who you are? Sure. Um, I have a uh, site devoted to centering prayer, which we'll get into. It's, it's a silent prayer is meditation and a re- considered meditation and a relationship with God. So I have a site called silenceteaches.com that is about five years old, and, and I just kind of let it grow from when I started. So it's it's centered on centering prayer or devoted to centering prayer, uh, has a weekly meditation on Monday mornings. And then I just kind of let it evolve. So if I read a book that I enjoy, I put book reviews on it. If I um, meet interesting people, we do a Q&A interview and then I'll post it on my site. Um, and then I do some teaching in the community of Centering Prayer, uh, churches, spiritual directors, different groups, uh, one-on-one coaching, then my book that was published a year ago. So I'm just kind of letting it evolve, but it's a site devoted to centering prayer, and I'm and I'm, and I'm open as to centering prayer. We'll talk about you open to the presence and actions of God within, and I'll let that happen to me, and and let this site evolve to what it should include. Yeah. Um. So for people who don't know what centering prayer is and how it differs from any other kind of prayer, what what exactly is it? Sure. So centering prayer, as I said, is considered meditation and a relationship with God. And I'll explain how you do it. It's it's been around since the early 1970s. It was created by three Trappist monks. So three Catholic priests in the early 70s um, saw that uh, other forms of meditation were happening and they wanted something for the Christian community. So one of them, Father William Manager, was reading The Cloud of Unknowing, which is, I believe, a 14th century book. And in the book, he kind of read what he would read a kind of a method for practicing uh, in the silence. 
So it's 50 years old. It's been around since the 70s. Initially, the Trappist monks were teaching it to other Catholic priests and other clergy. Then they rolled it out to the public. And then 10 years later, the Contemplative Outreach Organization was formed in 1984. So they have a website. You could go to contemplativeoutreach.org. It's the main centering prayer organization with a ton of resources. And there's groups that practice in various states in the U.S. But then internationally, you could look and find chapters that practice in various countries. But nowadays, you don't even – we're probably – with COVID – Pre-COVID, they were practicing in a location. Mm. Post-COVID, Zoom. So you could actually probably join any group. You could from you know Pennsylvania, and I could join a group in California, and vice yeah. versa. Um, but then let me describe what Shai also now describes. So that's a quick history of it and and how it came about. So it's fifty years old. Do you want me to get just quickly describe how you do centering prayer? Yeah, yeah. Sure. So you um, sit comfortably with your eyes closed. And then to begin your time of your silent sit, you introduce what's called a sacred word, usually of one or two syllables. So it could be love, God, ocean, Jesus. And that's signifying that you're sitting and opening to the presence and actions of God within to start your prayer. And then whenever you engage your thoughts, and what I mean by that is if you begin thinking about all the things you were doing before you sat, or you begin thinking about what are you going to do after you sit and you start planning your the rest of your day, you realize you're not sitting with God, you're sitting with yourself and your thoughts and your planning and plotting. So then you reintroduce that sacred word interiorly to come back to the present moment, let go of all of these engaged thoughts, and then let go of the sacred word as well. So you use the word when needed. It's not a mantra. And there are mantra practices. Centering prayer is not a mantra practice where you're using it over and over again. You're just using it when needed. And the last thing I'll say about it is it it doesn't have to be a word. I I, I started with a word, um, but a word could is best used maybe for someone who's auditory person. Mm-hmm. I realize I'm more of a visual person, so I use an interior image. Some people are more physical people or athletic, and they want to use their breath. And lastly, some people are afraid they'll fall asleep. So instead of closing their eyes, they keep their eyes open and stare at a spot you know, five or six feet you know, on, on the floor ahead of them. So that's, that's how you do the practice. So really, um, it, it is a form of meditation, isn't it? Um, however, it rather is. than sitting with yourself, you're sitting with God. Right, right. We think of it as um, it is silent meditation, but but it's also considered a relationship with God Mm. and and opening, sitting with God and and opening to the presence and actions of God within and just seeing what happens and and how over time that may change you, heal you, transform you. Mm. So, I mean, in today's age, Rich, I mean, we are so bombarded with so much noise, so much chatter, um, and, you know, we're bombarded with notifications, media, everything, particularly through COVID. Um, You know, and some people have learnt to thrive through that environment and it can be hard for them to switch off and disconnect from that. How do you recommend that they can actually disconnect from all that noise and actually find the silence? Um, so for someone who wants to start it, yes, I mean, it can be daunting, the idea of sitting in silence, particularly like I try to practice twice a day for 20 minutes. So for someone new, that can sound very daunting to, to do that. <laughs> so I would, I would suggest baby steps and, and one, say, start with one sit a day. Secondly, make it the first thing you do as you, when you get up and, and maybe even just start with one to five minutes. So just try it for a month. 
make it the first thing you do in, in the morning and try it for one to five minutes. And then if you get that down, you know, start increasing the time, you know, to 10 minutes or 15 minutes or even 20 minutes. And, the, and then if you get that down, then I tell people to try a second sit and, and do the same thing with the second sit. If you have to start slow and, and, and work it up and then eventually maybe over time, over three months or, or, or less, you have a twice a day meditation, silent prayer practice. Yeah, and I know for some people, um, sitting in silence with themselves is the scariest thing they could ever experience, um, you know, and, and, and trying meditation. Some people just go, look, I just can't do it. It's not me. I, I, I don't do it. Um, but it's one of those things you just have to start. You just have to try. Agree. You, you just have to try. And because and I've taught, you know, I teach it at churches and, and we, tr- we, I, show them how to do it. And then we do a five minute sit together. And most people will say, you know what, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And the five minutes went quicker and it wasn't as painful Mm. as I thought. So people think it could seem like an eternity, but most people, for most people, they realize actually it wasn't that bad as as I thought it would be. (laughs) And then it was kind of (laughs) nice. But I would say for for people that have, you know, attention deficit disorder and racing thoughts, you can do this type of practice walking. You know, your eyes are open and you're walking and you can actually do this. And I've told that to some people who say, I have attention deficit disorder. What do I do? I said, walk, do it while you're walking. Obviously keep your eyes open, but do the practice, but walk. Hmm. Yeah, walking meditation can be the greatest thing, especially when you're on a beach or something where it actually helps you to zone out. It's 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 very right. good. Yeah. Um, so in terms of, um, you know, the difference that centering prayer can make for you in your life, what kind of impacts have you seen? Sure. So I guess I've I pr- been practicing it since June of 2014. So if I look at myself or think about what I was like before and what I'm like after that, and I, I would say, you know, I'm a much more excited to live not that I didn't enjoy life, but I just seem to enjoy the present moment and what it has to offer a whole lot more. And maybe it's because during centering prayer, you're letting go and opening to the presence and actions of God. And you take that posture with you outside. So you learn to let go and and maybe enjoy life more and and let go of things that you, that you should let go of and hone in and focus and enjoy the things that are right in front of you. So I'm I'm more excited. uh, I'm more definitely a much more confident person, uh, more inner peace and calm, um, less reactive, mm. still work in progress in that area, but I think I'm more willing to listen to people and not quickly judge or think that's crazy. And I don't agree with you. I'm, I'm more, I'm less reactive and more willing just to listen to someone. Um, and I think I get nudges to get out of my comfort zone and try and do new things. So for me, it's a, a lot of neat fruits uh, as a result of the practice. Yeah, that's very cool. And, you know, I, I've seen a very similar thing. Do you notice as well that um, if you, you skip it, um, you notice the difference? I do. I mean, I miss it. I, I realize I really, when I skip it, I miss it. Like my first sit, that's what I do when I, I get up in the morning and, and that's what I do. I do my first sit and then begin my day. And I need that sit. It's just particularly on a Monday morning, because Monday morning, sometimes I wake up and I'm thinking about work and, mm. and the emails or the phone calls or the things that are going to happen. And, and I start getting anxious. So I need that sit and it really calms me down and prepares me for the day. But yes, if I miss a sit, you know, I, I'm not the same. I'm not, it's like a reset button. It, it grounds you and, and, and resets you and, and gets you going or prepares you to get up and go. Mm. At least for me, that's yeah. what I'm experiencing. 
Yeah. And you've mentioned there a couple of times about um, it being the first thing you do when you when you wake every day. Um, I think, um, would you agree that the intention that you set as part of that pretty much sets up your whole day? I do, because really, it's. I think of it as I'm sitting with God, and then I get up and walk with God. So it's God and I partnering to get all the tasks done. It's not goodbye, God, and I'll see you at my next sit. It's I do a second sit, usually in the late uh, one o'clock or so in the afternoon, one to two o'clock. So it's not goodbye, God, and I'll, I'll mm. see you too. It's it's we I, we sit together, then we get up and walk together. So I feel like I'm partnering with God on, on what needs to get done. Um, throughout the day. And so you were also saying that you teach others um, how to do this. What kind of change have you seen in them? Um, I, I guess really a lot of the same things. I yeah. mean, some of them will, will say they're just, you know, they're more confident or they're, they feel like they're living from their true self and the person that God wants them to be, or, or they're trying and doing things that normally would have scared them that they now have the courage to do because they're letting go of the, the there are inner voices that tell them I'm too young to do something or I'm too old to do something or I'm, I'm not confident enough or I don't have the right skill set. So they're more willing to, to try and do new things. So I think they're just more excited, happier, more confident in, in themselves and more willing to just enjoy the present moment. Mm. And something you, you, that you mentioned there, which uh, I'm sure would make um, a lot of people curious is, you know, who is your true self? Like most people would think, I'm being my true self. Yeah, what are you talking about? But really, what is your true self? Sure. Um, I, I would say it's the person God wants you to be. And, and and that's kind of what happens in during centering prayers. You're letting go of your thoughts, which include all the things you tell yourself, all the interior voices or that you might tell yourself, you know, that I'm not good enough or I'm not or I'm too old or I'm too young or what the community might tell you or what your work could tell you or your family could tell you or your siblings. Everybody seems to have a voice in your head. You're letting go of all of that and getting rid of it all. And then what's left is, is what you really want to do and what you really want to try. So when you get rid of all these thoughts that harm you or aren't helpful to you, what's left is what you really want to do. And what, even though it's scary, perhaps you, you, you try it and, and you, and you move forward. Mm, and it's almost like a, a bit of a divine guidance, isn't it? Like um, if you get out of the way um, and let go and let God, um, you, the path is just presented to you. Yeah, I would definitely say so, because when I think about, you know, I've been practicing center prayer since 2014, all the things I'm doing now were, they, they I wasn't even thinking about them. Yeah. So I, I didn't, I wasn't thinking six or seven years ago, I think I'm going to have a website called Starlin's Teaches that's going to teach centering prayer, or I think I'm going to have a weekly meditation that goes off it, or, or I think I'm going to do podcasts, or, or I think I'm going to teach in the community, or I'm going to write a book. Like none of that was even in my thought process. But as I began practicing centering prayer, um, I began getting all these inner nudges to do these things, or I began meeting people that could help me. You know, I, I, you know, I didn't, none of this happened alone. So I began meeting people that can help me write a book and meeting people that can help me learn how to coach people and meeting people that can help me, you know, how do you teach people effectively? So all this happened because I let go and got out of the way and then my true self emerged. 
Yeah. And it'll continue to, and then, and the neat, I guess the last thing I'll say about the true self is it's not a, it's a journey. So mm. it, it's not a, it's not an, it's not a end point. It's a journey. You're continuously living your true self. So I'm excited to see, you know, in five, in one year, what, what else will I be doing in five years? What we're we doing in 10 years, it'll it's exciting to think about, well, what else, what else, what else will I be doing if I just let go and, and, let God and trust God. What, what else will I will, will I do? Yeah, and that's something that I talk a lot about on this show is that you know, any healing or enlightenment, um, it is an evolution. It's never ending um, and it, it never ends. So, you know, just keep going. That's the best thing that you can do. Right, right. And you don't need to know, you don't need to know, or you might even know what you want to do, but you just take the next step. And, the, and as you take action, clarity comes with action. If you take no action, nothing happens and there's no clarity, but you just need to know the next step. You don't need to know all the steps. Yeah, exactly. And I, I say that to many people, you know, like just get out of the way. Don't worry about the how, just get out of the way and just focus on where you need to be. And, um, and it works. It, yeah. It's scary, but mm. it works. <laughs> yeah. It's very scary when you're one of those people that needs to know all the steps and how you're going to do it precisely. But when you get out of the way and let go of the how, that's how it really works. So, um, and it takes trust, a lot of trust in yourself. Um, and that takes practice too. That's true. That's definitely true. Yeah. Now, Rich, one uh, question I love to ask guests on this show, and I love it because there's no wrong answer to it. If you were to define what ethical meant to you, what would it be? Um, I guess when I think of it in terms of centering prayer, you know, centering prayer teaches us to be present, open, you know, accept the present moment as it is. Um, listen, non be non judgmental with others. You know, accept the diversity that others bring to the table. Um, honor, respect, and learn from other people, and even change from it. So. Um, I think it just means all of that and, and becoming more whole um, as a result of this. So just being more open and listening and accepting of the diversity that others bring and, and honor, respect and learn from it and even change from it. it to me, um, means that is that's a good definition of being an ethical person. Mm, love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. So in terms of um, when you started doing Centering Prayer and, and also when you're helping others to start, what would you say is the biggest challenge that you that you both experience and how do you overcome it? I would say um, just starting, knowing how, to, how do I begin? How do, how do I begin? When should I do it? How do I make it a long-term sustainable practice? Mm. So I, again, I just try to keep it simple. Make, the, make it the first thing you do first thing in the morning, start with baby steps, slowly increase the time, and then add a second sit after you've gotten the, the, the first sit down. And then just be kind and gentle and patient with yourself. If you miss a sit, don't put yourself down. God's not angry at you. God will patiently wait for you to show up at your next sit. So just be kind and gentle with yourself as well. If, if you miss a sit and just show up for, for, for the next one. That's it. We can be our, our own biggest critic, can't we? Um, right. and, and, and again, it's getting in the way, this whole point of getting in the way. And when we can get out of our own self-narrative um, and let that go, um, that's when we can start to see those results. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, Rich, if people want to find out more about you, where can they go? 
Uh, the best place is my website, sirelinsteaches.com. Uh, and if they come there, they'll and subscribe. They'll get a free ebook. I have a free short centering prayer ebook for those that want to learn a little bit more about it. And then uh, if after reading it, they're intrigued, they can also check out my book, which is on my site called Sitting with God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer. So silenceteaches.com is the best place to find me. And then if they like social media, they can click on whatever icons they want, whether it's Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, if they want to follow me on, on any one of those platforms. And um, if people want to grab your book, uh, Sitting with God, uh, that's on Amazon? Yes. So they can find it. I mean, it's I have a it's on my website um, and they can see who's endorsed it um, and then they can just click the links on it and then it'll it'll actually take them to Amazon um, to purchase. And so it, and it's available it's like I know you're in Australia. I, I know it's in Australia, Amazon. So it's not it's on a lot of the uh, Amazons and in the various countries as well. But if they happen to be in a country that they don't have Amazon or don't have access to it. They can go to the publisher's website and the publisher can help get it to them as well. Awesome. So it doesn't matter where you are, you can get a hold of it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so is there anything that, that you're working on at the moment? Is there another book in the works? Um, I'm probably going to – I. I the gentleman who kind of pushed me to write this book, Amos Smith, kind of challenged me with that. So June, I actually penciled it in the calendar because I've been spending a lot of time promoting the book and getting on a lot of podcasts and doing a lot of guest speaking. So I'll probably start writing the next book, June of uh, June 1, 2022. Um, I'm going to just make it a point just to start writing the next book. Now, I've, I've actually, the neat thing is I was asked to contribute to a so. I, there's a book coming out in the first quarter of 2022 with a bunch of other contemplative, contemplative type people. Mm-hmm. I was asked to contribute a chapter on silence to a book that will come out um, in the first quarter of 2022. So that's pretty exciting. And then during 2021, I was asked to write the forward for two different books. Two people reached out to me and asked if I write their forwards. So their books are out and I've written their forwards. So uh, I think that help nudge me or help me realize, you know what, I think I can do it again. I can write another book. That was kind of a practice run for the next book. So yes, there is going to be a second book and I need to start writing it in June of 2022. So can you give us the exclusive on what it's going to be about? I I think it's going to, it's going to be a lot deeper into the, your true self and how, you know, I found my true self and how others have found the true self and just from listening to others and and some of their shared stories. So I think a lot of it definitely will be something to do with your true self and connecting to your true self and living from your true self and, and, and how you do that. Yeah. That's, that seems like a natural evolution based on, on what you've already done. Um, I guess another question that's come up for me, Rich, is sure. um, what um, what would you say is the most important thing about silence? Um, I think the most important thing is that it's it's um, it's transforming, and so if it, it, it's very needed. I mean, I almost wish if everybody could take a silent pause, even if it's just a minute, the whole world would be a whole lot different because we're we can be very reactive. And if everybody would just pause before they reacted, we'd have much better reactions. Sometimes no reaction is needed. I mean, sometimes no action is needed if someone else is better suited for the task. Um, Sometimes the task resolves itself. And then other times there is an action you need to take. But I think if everybody took a silent pause, I think we would make wiser decisions with how to move forward on things 
I could not agree more. And it's something that I've learned a lot in the last year, can I just say. Um, but I think one thing that, um, you know, is important for me in silence or that comes up for me in silence is it speaks the truth. Silence speaks right. the truth. Because when you actually are quiet and you listen and you are silent, it, it's the listening piece, I think, that is really important because that's when the things you need to hear and understand actually surface. Um, when you let go of all that other chatter and noise, that's when the truth actually comes to light. <clears throat> no, you're right. And that's my, my site called Silence Teaches Us Who We Are. If you take the time to be silent and let go of all the, the voices that might be screaming interiorly at mm. you, um, you, you learn more about who you are and the actions you should be taking each day. So silence definitely teaches you who you are if you take the time to be silent. If you don't take the time to be silent, then you might listen to the wrong voices um, and, and, and take the wrong actions or, or not even begin doing what what you might be, tr- what you should be doing and, and, and it's kind of your natural gifts that you should be sharing with the world, the world never gets to see. Mm, we could all do with a dose of silence, I think. <laughs> <laughs> now I've got the last big question for you, Rich. What's sure. the change you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life? Well, I, I mean, I kind of just said it, you know, have people take a daily dose of silence, you know, inner transformation, you know, leads to outer transformation. So we, we it's, it's just so important. Just a, a daily dose of silence um, is, is life changing and, and people don't realize it. So even, even if it's just one minute of, of silence um, can, can be transformational. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the, the funny thing is I've asked nearly a hundred people that question and um, the underlying theme is that the change starts with us. Right. Yeah. Well, Rich, I can't thank you enough for being a part of the ethical evolution. It has been enlightening. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me on and hopefully it was helpful for your community. Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution Podcast. If you're ready to be the change and would love to work with me on finding your voice through spiritual coaching or creating your own podcast with impact, visit ethicalchangeagency.com. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonise your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric Acid.